the heart of the Carolinas, a breath of fresh air, a voice of reason. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. And good morning. Welcome to the broadcast to start of another week. Hope your week is off to a good start. Hope you had a great weekend as well. And are refreshed and ready to tackle what is ahead. Of course, we will talk about the events that have unfolded the past few days. Lots of conversations taking place about Tyree Nichols. And appropriately so. We're going to address that on this program today. Some of you may be quite surprised by some things that I will communicate today. But I hope I'm able to advance the conversation. You know, one of the things that I've just noticed in the past few days, there's a lot of rage out there. This is not new. And I think one of the concerns I have along the way is we have not tangibly had a discussion about one of the most important aspects of this issue. We're going to talk about it today, and I'll be very eager to hear from you because it's time. It's really beyond time for us to have some important conversation about what is really going on with law enforcement in this country. Contrary to what a lot of people are thinking out there, I don't think this is about race. As you have observed in this situation, all of the officers involved, all of the officers fired and charged, they are black. So this is not a racial issue. What is it? Well, I have a definite perspective on this, and we'll talk about it during the course of the broadcast today. I want to begin, as I attempt to do every time we start a conversation here, I want to begin with something that is actually encouraging. As you know, a few weeks ago, we watched in horror what took place on Monday Night Football. What we observed was very scary. We watched Amar Hamlin take a hit and later come to realize that he went into cardiac arrest. Thankfully, his heartbeat was restored on field before he was transferred to University of Cincinnati Medical Center. He was there for a full nine days before going to Buffalo for further medical treatment. He's put out messages along the way to let people know he was okay and to thank people. But something he did, I think right before the weekend, was very encouraging. A very heartfelt six-minute video he put together. I would strongly encourage you to watch the whole thing. We're not going to play the entire message. But I do think it's very important to share part of the message. We're going to address this tomorrow on Transformation Tuesday. One of the things really missing from our culture is thankfulness and appreciation. And I think, well, it's not just my opinion, as you will hear. Thankfulness is really healthy. It's not just healthy psychologically, not just healthy spiritually, mentally. It's healthy for you in terms of your physical health. And I think it's wonderful when someone goes through an experience like this that one of the first things that they're eager to do is to express thankfulness and appreciation for that reason i want to share just a very brief clip from this six minute long video this is damar hamlin and he's communicating in this his thankfulness and appreciation listen up 
Well, I'm so thankful to everybody. I know that it isn't enough just to be thankful. This is just the beginning of the impact that I wanted to have on the world. And with God's guidance, I will continue to do wonderful and great things. I couldn't do this without any of the support and the love. And I can't wait to continue to take y'all on this journey with me. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? You know, it's one thing to put out a message that's on text. It's another thing to actually hear someone's voice, to see their image. I know how important that is in times when I've been ill. It's one thing for my mom, for instance, to get word that I'm okay. There's something reassuring about seeing and hearing someone. And we are so thankful for the recovery experienced by DeMar Hamlin. It's absolutely positively awesome. And I'm thankful that he has communicated that to us. Many of you have heard about DeMar Hamlin's charity. He was very actively involved in a community toy drive. Do you know what the modest goal for this was at the very beginning? $2,500. Your mind will be blown by how much has been raised. So the goal was to do this toy drive for DeMar's community, sponsored by the Chasing M's Foundation. But now there's been renewed support in light of DeMar's current battle. And the contributions have just kept flowing in. The goal of the Chasing M's Foundation is to be a vehicle to bring lasting impact to his community. The foundation supports tour drives, back-to-school drives, kids' camps, and much more. I am excited to tell you this $2,500 goal has just been absolutely obliterated. They have raised a total of $9,027,300. Isn't this absolutely awesome? I know for someone like DeMar Hamlin, he's one who believes the scripture. I believe it's Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And don't twist this. I'm not saying, isn't it wonderful that he suffered cardiac arrest? No, I'm saying it's wonderful. God has taken something that was so terrifying, so devastating. And he's used it for his glory. Not only in restoring the health of this young man, but also now in being able to multiply, multiply a blessing to new, who knows how many young people. That's something that is praiseworthy as we begin our broadcast today. We have yet more good news to report in the story about Tyree Nichols, and we'll get to that and delve into the ugliness of what has happened with the release of the body camera video. We'll delve into this and get your perspectives. I want to hear all of it. We'll have that conversation as we continue our Monday broadcast. Stay with us. on the Vince Coakley radio program and one of the deeper conversations that we'll have during the course of the broadcast today you know a person I don't agree with a lot now I find myself agreeing with him a lot more since he has really come to grips with how crazy the left has become I think it's really interesting how and I've said this before I think there's a sense of consensus that's developing out there in deeper ways than we may realize. 
We'll get to that a little bit later on. If you'd like to join the conversation, the GS Plumbing Talk Line, 800-928-1110. It's 800-928-1110. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Before we get into what many of you have seen, the body cam video, the brutal, deadly beating of Tyree Nichols. Another praise item to report. Because right now, the most important thing is to care for the people who are here. They didn't ask for funeral expenses. They didn't ask for trauma. But there's a family that's in deep mourning. And not only having to mourn and having the opportunity to mourn privately, this is everywhere. Everywhere they turn, conversations, video, media, there's a GoFundMe campaign started in memory of Tyree Nichols. And it surged since the release of the body cam video that documented the deadly encounter with police. It was created by Nichols, by Nichols' mother, Ravon Wells, to support the family and to serve as a memorial for Tyree himself. On Friday, they only had $82,000 in donations. Just an hour after the video was released, by Saturday, they reached their goal of 700000 By the way, that goal had been moved to a million two hundred thousand. And I know this is not all about money because there's some things, obviously, money is not going to bring this young man back. What has happened here is a horrible injustice. And there's no way to explain this away. It's heartbreaking to listen to a young man literally get beat to death crying for his mother who is not far away. I want to share some audio and, and this there are times when I listen to people and they communicate things that are just right on point. One of those situations I believe was on Saturday and this is a person I've not talked with much. She's been on this program some time ago. You're probably familiar with Dan Bongino, who is a radio host, also works on the Fox News channel. I sent a message to Dan just commending him for the comments that he offered on Saturday morning. They were right on point. I'm going to quickly share these with you because I think this is going to resonate with just about everybody. I don't think anybody's going to object to what he communicated here. So many times when you see these situations, people talk, well, we need to take a look at training. And you know what went into this? Were they not trained well? Um, just forget about all that stuff. Can we just accept the fact, and I've said this before about people who are involved in shootings and go and shoot a bunch of people up. Can we just acknowledge the fact there are just bad people out there? And I think that can be said for these five men. We're going to share some audio. The first is from Dan Bongino, and he makes it very clear this is not a training issue. Listen up. You know, having done this job, having been a street cop in the 75 precinct in East New York, Brooklyn, one of the most dangerous in the country. You know, I've been there and hundreds of traffic stops and foot pursuits. Uh, so I've seen it and I know exactly uh, what it feels like to walk up on a car. I waited to comment because I'm trying to find any legitimate, rational reason uh, that the situation was handled the way it was. Uh, there, there's been a lot of commentary on this about training and other things, and I, I don't get where that comes from. You think anyone was trained to do this? 
This isn't a training issue, guys. I was actually a trainer in the Secret Service Law Enforcement Academy and went through the NYPD Academy twice as a, in the cadet program and a cop and the Secret Service Academy and the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center down in Glynn County, Georgia. Nobody is trained to do this. This is not a training issue. This is a personnel issue. These guys are just bad guys. This, who does this? Uh, listen, guys, there is no attempt in this situation. And again, I've watched, I've, I've been there, I've done this, I've watched this video now probably 10 times. There is no attempt at all at any point in this scenario to de-escalate. None. Zero. Hey, keep in mind as well, this is not a one-on-one. -on -one. You have multiple men here who significantly outweigh this guy. And listen, I get it. I once watched two ESU cops, SWAT cops, in a, a, a hospital in Brooklyn nearly get taken out by a 13-year-old young girl. So people do get, uh, you know, the adrenaline rush and, the, and the, 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 you know, the, that, that happens in these kind of stressful situations, as Peach has said, is very real. But again, there, there doesn't appear to be any attempt whatsoever to de-escalate and lower the adrenaline level. Yep. This is right on point. This is not about training at all. The next clip here from Dan, he's talking about how this was a completely bungled, mishandled traffic stop. Listen. Conservatives and libertarians, and as any sane, rational lover of this country, it is our duty, no matter no matter who we're looking at in this video, a cop, a civilian, or anyone else, to defend everyone's God-given rights. Uh, God-given rights. The Constitution just protects what God gave you. I I'm not really sure that these cops understood that with this guy. I mean, what, 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 I don't understand what he did. They're saying reckless driving. Why are you yanking him out of the car then? <laughs> Where, where's the, where's your license? Well, you know, can we see your license, sir? We pulled you over for reckless driving. You know, where, I don't understand where any of that is. It's just not there at all. This was not a traffic stop. This was just vigilante activity. I wouldn't even call it. It's certainly not justice. And there's no excuses that can be made for this whatsoever. You're going to hear more from Dan Bongino. Also, perspective from someone I mentioned I don't often agree with. I find him agreeing with me more lately. And he provides a perspective on this that I think is very, very important. Especially for people who have really tried to make this, and even this situation, about race. We'll delve into that and much more as we continue our broadcast. Stay with us. is the Vince Coakley radio program. If you'd like to join the conversation, call Vince on the GS Plumbing talk line at 800-928-1110. That's 800-928-1110. Or text the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line at 71307. Now back to Vince. As you know, I like to get your perspectives, and uh, let's uh, just share some of the items here on the text line, because this has been scrolling away since I brought up this subject. This texter, I think these cops, all members of the Scorpion unit, which in name alone sounds like a rough bunch, stay amped up to kick ass. Do you think he would have beaten, been beaten had he simply complied with the officers, not trying to be provocative? It just doesn't make sense to provoke the police. I have to tell you, Again, one of the things Dan Bongino pointed out, and I think it's worth pointing out and reminding you, why in the world do you have somebody get out of the car? What is it? The supposedly reckless driving, whatever it is? Uh, you start. You start at the very beginning with the very basic stuff, your license and registration. That does not appear to be where this started at all. Get out of the car is the wrong thing from the very beginning. This was just bungled from the very beginning. 
Vince, I know Dan Bongino is probably more vociferous than you would like, but he speaks truth, and everything I hear, some of it sounds like a doomsday message laced with panic porn, but in reality, I find them to be one of very few truthful media pundits out there. That's from Jeff. Why should we, as individuals, be forced to live, comment on the pain of every godless action by sinful man? We, as individuals, cannot do this. I'm logging out on Tyree discussions. I understand where you're coming from. Because there's a sense in which we're, aren't we addressing a lot of times talking about local problems? And because the mainstream media, I've talked about this before, because the mainstream media has what is called a news hole, they're constantly on the search for things to blow up and give national attention to. Having said that, when you have a pattern of things that happen, it does point out something that needs to be addressed. And I'm going to talk about what the real issue is. Vince, what happened in Memphis, the direct result of years of progressive liberal policies, all the qualified police have left the department for new careers or different cities that better support them. Unfortunately, this will continue to happen with underqualified recruits. No one wants the job. When I watched the video, my thought was the officers acted with a pack mentality. They were determined to take their suspect down. No one seemed to be in charge of the group to step in to stop their actions. No adults here. None. Not a single one. Don't believe the problem is about police or color. The issue surpasses all of our dividing factors. We have an accountability problem. We all, politicians and powerful not excluded, must find accountability for our actions or everything will be torn apart. Wow, that's really good. This texture says, how about listening to F the Police by NWA? It explains everything what blacks in urban cities have been saying about police. After watching what police did to Tyree Nichols, I signed up for a concealed carry class and have already started carrying in my vehicle. I promise what happened to Tyree Nichols will never happen to me. I'd rather be judged by 12 than be carried out by 6. Wow. You see the fire these folks are playing with? These gangsta cops have been watching Training Day too much as I watched them hold this young handcuffed man up and beat him with a billy stick. My heart was just breaking. Black folks all over the country have been saying there's an issue with police forever. It's been expressed through protests, movies, songs, and in churches. Black folks have always said black officers is just as bad as white. It's a police issue, and the racial part of it, it just seems to happen. It just seems to happen to be negatively impacted by this latest event just because of Republicans and police unions' history with blacks. This young man wrongly murdered. We should be expressing our sympathy for him and his family, not turning it into a cause, not right now. Just a sampling of some of the items on the text line. I want you to hear more of Dan Bongino. Uh, one of the things he communicates here is who we are as a country is at all stages of law enforcement that he has experienced who we are supposed to be, who we really are, and he's talking about cops. Listen up. Do we have that one? It's who we are. All the police officers out there I know that are good and decent people, you know this, and don't ever forget this. We are not vigilantes. This isn't freaking Judge Dredd, okay? We are paid to do a job. We are that thin crust on a volcano, as that old adage goes, and we keep civilization along with our military internationally intact, okay? When those handcuffs are on or that subject stops resisting, that fight, damn it, it's over, man. That fight is over. That is not your fight anymore. That's not your fight anymore. It is for the judge and the judicial system and a jury, or if that he decides to plea and get a lawyer at that point, that is the purpose of a legal system. We are not animals. We are not savages. We don't beat the living uh, 
out of people to make a point. This isn't a bar fight. We're not bouncers. We are professionals. And one last thing. Actually, I got a couple other things. You don't soccer kick someone in the damn head. They don't even let that happen in the UFC. When a person is not on their feet, you don't kick them in the head. What you you could you could literally kill them, which in this case happened. Oh my gosh. When he said that I thought, wow. It's not even allowed in the UFC. Final piece of audio from Dan. And this is really important because this is the kind of country we live in. The good thing is, at the end of all of this, these guys have been fired and justice is coming. Here's Dan again. The process worked. The process worked, guys. You had these officers immediately terminated and the judicial system, which they disrespected by beating the crap out of this guy till he died, the judicial system they disrespected will now ironically handle them. These five men you see on the screen. Like anyone else, they're entitled, however, to the presumption of innocence. They will have their say in court as well. However, now they will be subjected to a jury of their peers. Again, the same exact system they disrespected by enacting a death penalty themselves in this case. Justice is coming. Coming up, I'm going to offer my thoughts on how to address these kinds of issues. What's at the heart of the problem? That much more will also take your calls, your text. Stay with us. Over on the text line, this texter says, Bring on Will Riley. I'm sure the two of you will find a way to blame the victim and offer comfort to police. Can I just tell you right now, you are a profound idiot. I don't mind saying that. And it's people like you that make discussions like this fruitless. Because you've already drawn conclusions about who we are and what positions we take. So I just want to, I'm just calling you out. This is just what you sent as a text is an example of just rank stupidity. And you should be ashamed of yourself for your ignorance. So, having said that, I want to go to something else that I think is really right on the money. Bill Maher. And I think this is before the video was actually released. Bill Maher hit this thing right on the head. And one of the things that was on my mind this weekend, I was thinking back. Do you remember some weeks ago when we had the bus from a North Carolina college that was stopped by a group of officers, I believe in Spartanburg County? And do you remember the school? complained that this was racism and see this is part of what ticks me off because we have had people who have cried wolf so many times and I'm talking about defending criminals I'm talking about blowing up things and putting a racial motive on something when it's not even there and it gets to the point where people stop listening And people become dull of hearing. Part of the problem is we're not addressing the real problem. Before we get to that, I want you to hear what was communicated by Bill Maher this weekend because it is right on the money. Here are his comments. This week, people learned the names of a couple of cities here in California, Half Moon Bay and Monterey Park was the other one, right? (laughs) And, you know, these shootings happen. We go through this ritual where then we wait for, the, for them to announce the race of the shooter. Like we're waiting for the Oscar nominations. <laughs> because that's, you know, somehow to a lot of people the most important thing. And I just thought it was very interesting that this week, Asians were killed by Asians. Two Asian men who were, you know, 66 and 72. And then this week we just got this 
video of the Memphis Five. A black man is brutally beaten in Memphis by five cops. They're all black. I guess what I'm asking is America's culture of violence, it does go deeper than race, right? And I think this monofocus we have on race is short-circuiting us trying to fix some of the realer problems. Would you agree? Yes, I agree. This has been the go-to in so many of these cases. It's about race. And it's not. I want to share a couple of posts, really great posts on social media. This from Danell. Listen, folks, there's no outrage due to Memphis because all the cops have been fired, arrested, and charged with multiple charges, including kidnapping. The due process is happening. Isn't that what we were mad at? Because the white cops were suspended with pay while investigation and never charged. We had to kick, scream, and shout to get them arrested. Now, we have to let the legal process work. Again, it doesn't matter what color the cops are. The mission is still the same. Black lives have to matter, period. We should not get different treatment when we get stopped for traffic. Larry Elder. Blacks have been trained, encouraged, indoctrinated by Democrats, academia, Hollywood, media, big tech, to see the world through race-tinted glasses. It's the powerful combination of keeping blacks angry, so they vote Democrat, and white guilt. And Larry is right on the money. And it's distracted us from addressing the real problem. Let me tell you very quickly what the real problem is. It is about power, period, power. And let me say something very strong. Everyone in official positions must realize there are limits to their power. And the consequences for abuse have to be swift and strong. Let me tell you what my position is, and I welcome your thoughts on what I'm about ready to say. I favor expedited trials for people in positions of power. I don't care what that power position is. If you're president of the United States, if you are a cop, there should be an expedited trial. In a case like this, you kill somebody, I don't see why you should wait months for a trial. And I believe there should be a death penalty in some cases. This is a case where I believe there should be a death penalty on the table. I'd love to know what you think. We have to take this issue of the abuse of power seriously. Whether it's killing somebody or, hey, how about the example of what happened in New York State? with killing old people by sending them to nursing homes. Yes, I believe there should have been a trial. And I do believe the former governor ought to be tried. I'm serious about this, folks. Because if we let people abuse power and get away with it, and we let these trials go on forever and ever and ever and ever, you know what's going to happen. This will never, ever stop. I welcome your thoughts. Our number two is straight ahead. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. From the heart of the Carolinas, challenging the smug, misinformed arrogance of the left. The trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Hour number two of our broadcast, I'm just looking over the text line, and I'm trying to find a real response here to what I communicated. This person says, Vince, high-profile cases need to be dealt with quickly, but with lives on the line, the attorneys need time to build their defense. Arrested judgments serves no one well. On another note, people need to learn how to follow orders from police. Had he complied fully, he might still be alive. I don't understand why anyone would run from police or refuse to lie face down. I... <laughs> and if you listen to this program on a regular basis, you understand what I have communicated here. I've been very clear about that. I've been very clear in 
communicating the responsibility everyone has. At the same time, there's no excuse for killing somebody in this kind of circumstance, period. These are bad people. And what happened was inevitable. It's inevitable. When you've got people like this who are just ready to beat the hell out of somebody. I want to repeat what I said in the last hour because I'm serious about this. People in positions of power have to realize there are limits on their power and the consequences for abuse have to be swift and strong. This is why I did call for expedited trials for people in positions of power. Why does it take a freaking year, year and a half, for a murder case to come to trial anyway? I get the defense and I get all of that. I get the need to put a case together. But at the end of the day, we've got a legal system that is just bogged down. I just happen to believe, and and I know, especially when you're talking about the specter of a death penalty, you want to be very careful about this. But when you've got a situation where you have a clear abuse of power, you ought to know if you take your ass out on the street and you beat the hell out of somebody using an official position to do that and kill them, you should not have the guarantee through our legal system. You should be in fear for your life. And I don't mean from vigilantes. I think every person working in law enforcement, and my hope and prayer is, they go home safely at the end of the day to their families. But if you're going out in the street and you're rogue, you should recognize your own life is on the line, not just from the dangers on the street. But if you act up, if you are a bad person, see, the thing is, if you're not a bad person, just waiting for the opportunity to do something so egregious, there's nothing to worry about. You go out and do something like this. Why should you feel smug and comfortable? Like you can just do whatever you're doing with impunity. Explain this to me. And boy, this text, whoever sent me this text from the upstate, you are right on the money. The legal system is designed to enrich lawyers. That's why it works the way it does. A freaking men. You are right on the money. That's what we have now. A system that empowers and enriches lawyers. Why do you think this guy running all around the country is making millions of dollars right now? All he has to do is wait for another situation like this. It's like striking at gold, striking gold. That's how this thing works. This texter says, I may have missed the first part of this one. It wasn't just murder. It was torture, too. Poor kid was handcuffed. Put death penalty on the table. We have a legal system that is about constructing lies, not uncovering truths. That's why it takes so long. Yep. Oh, my goodness. If you disagree with me on this, I would love to hear your perspective. Let's go out to a call here. The town of Harrisburg, North Carolina. And Rich, good morning, Rich, welcome. Hey, Vince. Uh, I, listen, I'm retired in New York City, in the Bronx, 20 years, affordable housing investigations. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not expedited court proceedings. I don't mind uh, as long as all the evidence is going to be presented. So we don't want uh, 
the Salem witch trials or something. I mean, uh, that's how the wrong people go to jail or, or executed. So, listen, the, 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 the streets are a very dark place. The, what these cops did, obviously, is egregious. There was, there's cameras. I mean, they got cameras on them. And right. they will get what, what they deserve. But I don't think we want to rush. And like you, you kind of mentioned the death penalty and so on and so forth. So, listen, I don't, I don't have a problem with people with justice. I do have a problem with justice that doesn't take its time and uh, punish the right people. I And I agree with that. It, 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 see, Rich, my question is, like this circumstance, do you really think it takes a year or a year and a half for this to appropriately come to trial? We're talking about court calendars here which is lar- largely how this is affected and the processes of, of uh, where we have continuances and that sort of thing, um, I, I, I think it really robs the justice system of its power, the sense of immediacy. Oh, I, don't, I don't disagree with that. I mean, in terms of the system, the system gets backed up uh, for various reasons. I just want to make sure that we're not hanging the wrong people. Oh, I, I absolutely uh, agree. I, I agree with what you're saying, Rich. Uh, I, but I think you would also agree, I think there are some situations where the facts are very clearly evident. Uh, we have no question about who's involved here, and with video, who did what, right? So what, what needs to be discovered here, Rich? Well, I, the only thing I... I I could say it to you is that there, there's two scenes at this location. There's the first scene where they pull him out of the car and they're trying to handcuff him. And just from a broader sense, everybody has a responsibility here. If you get pulled over, you probably should comply with the cops, number right? one. Absolutely. Number two, the, the officers have a greater responsibility to restrain themselves and yes. restrain other police officers. Yes, yes, yes. Rich, uh, thank you for that point. We're up against a hard break. So glad you made that point. We all have responsibility here. Stay with us. We'll be back. This text from the Upstates, God doesn't matter anymore. Money is king today. Truth don't matter if you have the right people in your backing. Vince, I'll take it a step further when it comes to talking about how corrupt our justice system is. You've only scratched the surface when you talked about how it enriches lawyers. It's also based on empowering certain politicians. Many in office are taking advantage and abusing the system. I can argue worse than any law enforcement officer could ever dream of. It's really disgusting when you get down to all the details. That is from Jeff. You're correct. How can our court system be a deterrent if it can take years to take a case to completion? For example, if you kill someone and are sentenced to death, it could be over 10 years before it's ever carried out. If and only if a thousand percent of guilt. Vince, once again, evil cops have just put a target on the backs of all great officers and put all communities at risk. If this keeps up, we'll go back to the days of the Wild West. Yeah. Hopefully that will not happen. Your thoughts are still welcome on this subject. I did want to move on to the other big story of the weekend. The beginning of the 2024 campaign for Donald Trump. The former president hit the campaign trail on Saturday, the first time since announcing his bid to run for the White House with visits to New Hampshire and South Carolina, two critical states. 
a lot of people have been saying this guy's campaign's off to a slow start. The president, former president, saying, I'm more angry now and I'm more committed now than I ever was. That's what he said to a small crowd at the New Hampshire Republican Party's annual meeting in Salem before heading to South Carolina. There, Trump spoke to about 200 people in the state's Capitol building in Columbia. Sharp contrast to large rallies in front of thousands of supporters that we've become accustomed to. With Governor Henry McTaxter and Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina flanking him, Trump said, we have huge rallies planned, bigger than ever before. During his speech, he went from criticizing Joe Biden to railing against transgender rights. And this clip where he mocks the use of electric stoves and electric cars. Let's listen to the comments from Donald Trump from over the weekend. And electric cars, they want mandatory stoves. They want mandatory electric cars. The cars go for like two two hours. What are you going to do? Everyone's going to be sitting on the highway. We're all going to be looking for a little plug-in. Does anybody have a plug-in? My car just stopped. I've been driving for an hour and 51 minutes. (laughs) It's ridiculous. And people that are cooks, I'm not much of a cook, but the cooks are saying gas is better. So use whatever you want, but have alternatives. If you want an electric car, if you want an electric stove or a range, it's crazy what they're doing. It's crazy. (laughs) It certainly is. I'm curious, this story indicating about 200 people, because I remember on Friday, the expectation about 500 people would be there. 200 Are you one of the 200 people there in Columbia on Saturday? I'd love to get your thoughts about the experience personally if you did go. But overall, your perspective on how this campaign has started off so far. This texture says, Vince, there is an estimated crowd of 500 at the State House to hear Trump, according to reporters there, not 200. Report accurately, please. <laughs> Here we go again, folks. By the way, and let me go back to this so I can see which news agency was reporting on this. Looks like Newsweek is the agency reporting about 200 people. Does it really matter? But anyway, I want to also share some audio because with the campaign underway, you know, it's kind of interesting because typically when you have a strong candidate in the race, like in the case of Joe Biden, the pressure is going to be there for people not to get in at all. I think there are going to be challengers to Donald Trump. There's no question about that. One of the people who will probably jump in this race, who was not at this particular event, South Carolina's former governor, Nikki Haley. In fact, she posted a piece of audio, which is not new, but it's very telling what she is putting out there to let people know that she's certainly not staying away, suggesting it is time for change. Here is Nikki Haley. The survival of America matters, and it's bigger than one person. And when you're looking at the future of America, I think it's time for new generational change. I don't think you need to be 80 years old to go be a leader in D.C. I think we need a young generation to come in, step up, and really start fixing things. Hmm. 80 years old. (laughs) So... I I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion. Nikki Haley is going to get in this race. I have to tell you over the weekend, you're going to hear some more, more from this guy. And I don't know a lot about him. So don't, uh, you know, I welcome your input. Don't get worried that I'm jumping on some bandwagon because I'm not. I'm very intrigued by the governor of New Hampshire. He was asked the question about what happened in 2016. And the the question relates to the progress of this particular campaign, 
for Donald Trump. Based on what we know about how the campaign is going, can he repeat his victory in New Hampshire again? Here's Chris Sununu. Uh, he could. You know, one thing, I mean, obviously he's, he started his campaign uh, after the election in 22. That obviously uh, had a lot of stumbling blocks um, that, that he was trying to overcome. He comes to New Hampshire and frankly, he gives a, a very mundane speech. The, the response we received is he read his teleprompter. He stuck to the talking points. He, he, he went away. So he's not really bringing that fire, that energy. I think that a lot of folks saw in 16. I think in many ways it was a little disappointing to some folks. And even he acknowledged it wasn't uh, his best. He came to a predetermined crowd, not one of his big rallies. And so I, I think a lot of folks understand that, um, you know, he, he's going to be a candidate, but he's also going to have to earn it. And that's New Hampshire. Even if you're the former president, you've got to come and earn it person to person. Got to earn it. So I'm curious, what do you think? How is this campaign starting off so far? And do you think others will enter into this race? Is there anybody you would like to see joining the contest for president for 2024? And for that matter, if you're a Democrat, if you'd like to see somebody else jump into this to challenge Joe Biden for the nomination, I'd like to hear from you as well. Who is your dream candidate? We'll talk about that and much more as we continue our Monday broadcast. Stay with us. is the Vince Coakley radio program. If you'd like to join the conversation, call Vince on the GS Plumbing talk line at 800-928-1110. That's 800-928-1110. Or text the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line at 71307. Now back to Vince. And over on the text line, boy, this text line, it just cracks me up. Uh, let's pick up here. Vince President Trump says he's madder than before. So am I. I heard that Trump said he was going to fight the rhinos with Lindsey Graham standing right behind him. Really, Trump? Really? I knew this was coming. Haley is a fraud. <laughs> Another person saying Nikki Haley has changed, Vince. <laughs> In the upstate, this texture says the private event was at capacity. They had overflow outside way more. Please get your own talking points and not CNN. Sometimes some of the things you guys get worked up about. You better if you're really in this Trump thing and you're in. You better start figuring out how you're going to sell this guy. Yeah, that's that's where the attention better be rather than trifling stuff like the number of people who show up at rallies just saying Sanudu sucks <laughs> he sold out for good redistricting maps last year he'll sell out if he ever goes national Nikki Haley's just looking for a next gig to make a buck she's always whining about money <laughs> Nikki Haley doesn't have a chance she shouldn't waste her time I don't know, maybe he wants to become vice president, just putting that out there. Vince, when Trump says he's more determined and committed in running for the election, to me that means he will savagely attack any other Republican who seeks the presidential nomination. That will prevent Republicans from unifying and supporting a single candidate, handing Democrats another win. Hey, Vince, as a 28-year-old, I personally am really hoping Ron DeSantis runs. But I'd love to see Jim Jordan, but I know that's not going to happen. I'll vote for Trump if he's the nominee, but I honestly hope we have less dramatic options that get as much work done. This person saying Newsom for Dems, DeSantis for GOP, and DeSantis the winner. Hmm. My dream candidate, a godly constitutional conservative who doesn't give a rat's butt what anyone thinks about him or her and their platform. And it's damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead. 
and doesn't tweet. <laughs> I think there's a message here. Uh, Vince, I agree with Nikki Haley on needing young blood, but she is not the one. Whoever takes a Republican nomination, whether it's Trump, Scott, or DeSantis, needs to have a message saying, kiss my ass will not get you endorsements. Make monitoring liberty scores a priority. Trump looks to be falling short of that with Gramnesty and McTaxter flanking him. I hear you on that one, Jeff. Trump continues to surround himself with people he shouldn't. I can't continue to support him. Good morning, Vince. I've been a fan of yours since... On your... What is the rest of this? This is broken up. Oh, your Channel 9 era years ago. I'll get to my point. Mark Levin was talking about this attorney, Ben Crump, representing the Nichols family. He seems to not be a big fan of this guy. Where can I do some research on this guy? Is he a race baiter? I don't know. I don't know much about this attorney, Ben Crump. Yeah, I, I think to refer to him as an ambulance chaser is probably a compliment. I mean, it's... Do people in these cases need representation? Absolutely. This guy is making a fortune. Uh, he is. And he is. I mean, if you had, if you were one of these families, who are you going to call? Who are you going to call? This guy's got a proven record. He's well established. So this is, by default, who these folks are going to call every single time. Uh, one more voice to throw into the mix on this presidential thing. Um, and again, I'm not here to... <laughs> I, I'm certainly not endorsing anybody. I just think this is going to be a fun food fight. It is. One person out there as well, John Bolton, who worked in the administration. And he was asked the question about the Trump campaign. How is it going? And I think the word regress would probably be a good word to characterize the words of John Bolton. Listen up. I think it's going downhill, and I think it'll continue to go downhill. I think Republicans, especially after the November 8 elections uh, last year, see that he's poisoned to the ticket. He cannot be elected president. If he were the Republican nominee, he would doom our chances to get a majority in the Senate and the House. Uh, I don't think he's going to be the Republican nominee. I worry about the danger he can cause. And it'll be very interesting to see how people like Mike Pompeo deal with it once they're running against each other. Mike Pompeo, another name circulating out there as a possible candidate for president. So this could be a crowded field out there. Uh, let's take a quick call from Charles. Charles, you got about a minute to share your thoughts. Good morning, Charles, out of Easley, South Carolina. Good morning, sir. How are you doing today? All right, sir. Uh, I'll make it quick. Uh, first of all, me personally, it doesn't make a difference what president runs, if it's a vice president, former president, as long as you do good. Is there enough of not doing good going on for decades? Hmm. Uh, Trump, as himself, I mean, people complained before about he didn't change his rhetoric, the way he talked. Okay, now he changed the way he talked and don't say as much stuff. Now people's like, oh, he's losing his vote and everything, or he's losing this. But Mike Pompeo, I would definitely love for him to run because he just seems overly suitable, but to me that's a good thing to be a president okay. because you're military, you're successful anyway, you know, so why not? Okay. It'll be interesting to and, see. Uh, the one last thing I caught about, too, that boy that got killed, you know, black folks don't say much now because it was all black cops that killed him. But that's a symbol to me saying that we are our own problem and have been since slavery ended. We seem to be more, reuni more united back when we were enslaved as slaves than we are now. Wow. What do you think this is about, Charles? I think it's about the Bible and it's, it's fulfilling its uh, prophecy. That's all it really is. All this stuff. I hear you. Hey, well, good to hear from you, uh, Charles, out of Easley, South Carolina. You know, <laughs> I'm sure he's going to get uh, all kinds of grief for his comments. 
Um, you know, I, and Bill Maher brought this up. This point is addressed uh, in my friend's book where he talked about the fact of the matter is most people are killed by people of their own race. That's just reality. And this is no different, tragically. It's just another... The only difference here is you've got people in official positions doing the killing. Stay with us. Yeah, you've probably noticed these gasoline prices. They're heading back up again here in the month of January. It's been down some and then back up, down a little bit, back up again. In fact, we have Ron on the line who would like to talk about OPEC. Good morning, Ron, and welcome, sir. Hey, Vince, can you hear me? I've got you. All right, buddy. Yeah, let's go, man. Yeah, these are just... You comment, uh, okay, uh, Ron, we're having trouble hearing you. Uh, we need you to speak directly into the phone. I don't know if you're on speakerphone here. I think we're having trouble hearing Ron. If, if you want to try calling back, give it a shot. But uh, we were not hearing you very well at all. Over on the text line, we, <laughs> we've got uh, responses to our conversation about the presidential contest. Vince, my pup Roscoe's butt has a better chance of becoming president than Icky Nicky does. Jim out of Easley. Boy, you guys really don't like Nikki Haley. <laughs> I would never vote liberal except to get Lindsey out of there. He's worthless. He voted on the omnibus bill that's finishing us off. That's from Roger. Vince Bolton is just still butthurt because Trump fired his globalist ass. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What else do we have? Where is the rest of this? Vince Lindsay got 6% in his own state when he ran for president. Miss Nikki will be lucky to get 1%, a highly despised rhino. Good day, Vince. That's Russ out of Moonville. Just a sampling of some of the items over on the text line. Time for us to take a look at the day in history. How are you doing today, Chris? I'm doing well, Vince. Hope you are. Not bad, not bad. Um, we're gonna quiz you on some of these. Some of these are not good quiz questions, like this first one, eighteen forty-four. The man's name is Richard Greener, and he really was a trendsetter. He was the first black man to graduate from this Ivy League school. Uh, there are so many, so it's Harvard. No I, was gonna, I was gonna say Harvard. You were gonna say Harvard. Yes, I, okay. okay. You know, it's, I was gonna be guessing, but you know, it's it's the go-to when it comes to Ivy League. That's it's the, the go-to guess on Ivy League. Yes. Yeah. Understandable. Anybody else thinks otherwise must be a Yale man. <laughs> exactly. 1862, we had the USS Monitor launched out of Greenpoint, Long Island. 1920, we had this car company founded. Um, I don't know how to describe this, this particular car. Uh, it's really not that exciting. Um, I'll just tell you, it's Mazda. I think that's Mazda's that old. I didn't know Mazda was around that long. Yeah, it's been around quite a while. Since 1920? 1920. Oh, good for them. Yeah. 1933, you know this guy named Chancellor of Germany. Helmut Kohl, Angela yeah. Merkel. You're so silly. Adolf Hitler. I'm gonna. I'm coming after you. I, you I, just I wait. Finish the question. I'll let you. You, finish you it. actually got it. It's Adolf Hitler, <laughs> Chancellor of Hitler, <laughs> Chancellor of Germany. You notice I named two other chancellors first. You're yeah, just being silly. Just for I future knew. reference, in case I might need that. Yeah, there you go. 
1948, this famous Indian leader was assassinated. Oh, 1948. Running Bull. Most famous. Oh, gosh. What am I going to do with this guy? Did you have extra coffee this morning? Was it not Running Bull? <laughs> well, I, I mean, you're asking for... The, uh, the oh, possibilities oh, are endless. I need, oh, I do need to clarify this. I'm when I say Indian, I'm referring to country, oh. not the United States of America. That's an important clarification. Well, yeah, it is. The country, India. Uh, what leader was assassinated? 1948. Gandhi. Gandhi. Yes, I knew you knew that. And then a year later, in 49, a hundred thousand people gathered to pray. That's pretty extraordinary, especially for 1949 to have such a huge gathering. 1969, this supergroup performed for the very last time in public on the roof of Apple Studios. The Beatles. The Beatles, Maybe of course. Maybe want to cry. Really? Yeah, oh, God, what a sentimental thing to watch. The last Beatles concert? Yeah, that's, oh, that's man. pretty big deal. No question about that. 1976... This uh, the high court banned spending limits on political campaigns, basically equating money with speech. And in 1980, China, China put their first Winter Olympics team into the Winter Games. And these games, do you remember where these took place in 1980? A very cold place. Was uh, it somewhere in New York? Lake Placid. Lake Placid. Was, That's the part I don't remember. It was Lake, yeah. it was New York, Lake Placid. They can have it. I'll tell you that much for sure. <laughs> That's all the time we've got here. Uh, thanks very much for joining us today. Have yourselves a great day. Be safe out there, and God bless you. Adios. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.